Hey there, welcome to the Favorite Church Podcast. We are a church for imperfect people who want to know God and make Him famous. In this episode, we'll be revisiting a message from one of our Sundays in church. Let's listen to our senior pastor, James Aiden. Hey, welcome back. I'm just uh, reading all the comments and the, the reactions on Kumu. So great to have you on Kumu. Keep sending through your Tahos and all your masks. And come on, give a Malikin Young Palace as well. And everyone, that's on uh, Facebook and YouTube as well, on Twitter. Big shout out to you all. So great. we got so many connect groups that are watching, having watch parties. A shout out to our Cabal Connect group as well. Great to have you here. And as well, you know, what's really, really cool is that uh, we are streaming into as well right now uh, the Mundaluyong uh, City Women's Correctional Facility. We've got a church in the Mundaluyong City Correctional, and I want to shout out all that. We've got about a thousand women right now in favor church in there watching. We love you. We're so glad that you're here and you're able to worship with your church family across the city and across the world. Uh, and, and also, as well, I nearly forgot, but also yesterday we had a great time with our favorite girl girls uh kate my beautiful wife spent about an hour with all the girls and so you can get on facebook and watch that as well but today i'm gonna preach and uh and and i i got a word in my heart that i feel is directly for now it's a it's a now word and i'm just gonna jump straight to the title of my message uh because i want to get you thinking straight away the title of my message is simply this don't go to church This is going to be a great, great day today when you are in the middle of watching a service online and the title is Don't Go to Church. You know what COVID-19 has done with churches all over the world is it's made every pastor answer the uncomfortable question that most pastors don't want to, you know, answer on this question. And the question is simply this, are we building a church service? service or are we building disciples and what COVID-19 has done it in my journey as a pastor and in friends and I have peers and brothers and sisters that I've been talking with what it's done is it's it's made us answer this question is our church just about a service on Sunday for an hour and a half or is our church about building disciples Jesus didn't tell us to go and build a meeting he said go out and make disciples And so the New Testament church was birthed. And what does the church really mean? What does it mean, this word, the church? The the word church comes from this Greek word called ecclesia. And ecclesia in the New Testament is a group of people who have been called out of the world and called to God. They are the people, thus meaning the church is the people. Church is not a building. Church is not an organization. Church is the people. And so church is not something that we attend, but church is something that we are. Jesus didn't die on a cross so that you could go to a service. He died on a cross so that we could be the church. And so I want to encourage you, stop going to church and start being the church. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, what did he say? He said, you are the salt. You are the light of the world. You are a city that's on a hill that can't be hidden. You, right now, if you're watching this, I want to let you know that you 
are the church. And this lockdown that we are all living in right now, it's giving us an opportunity to either feel sorry that we're missing church, or it's giving us an opportunity to actually realize that we are the church. And can I tell you, I hate this lockdown. Oh, man, I try and be as positive as I can, but I hate it. You know, just like you, I I know you hate it. And yes, there's some people that love the fact that, you know, we're spending time with family or getting closer and all these things. But honestly, at the end of the day, I hate it. People are dying, which shouldn't be. Uh, Businesses are struggling. You know, uh, connection. I, I'm, I just want to hug every person, and I can't. I miss my church family, especially. And, and I, I, hate, I cannot wait for this time to be over. But even in the midst of how horrible it is, I do try and look for the positive. I do try and look for the good, the silver lining. And I think that in a bad situation, the good that I can see for the church of Jesus Christ in this whole season is simply this. It's giving Christians an opportunity to stop and assess if their relationship with God is just centered around a Sunday service or if it's a day-by-day relationship with Jesus. And if you've been coming to our church, favorite church, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I talk about this all the time, that the church is not just about watching a service. That's why I was so hesitant about going online, but COVID forced us uh, because church is so much more than just a service. Church is about rubbing shoulders with people next to you. It's about doing life with people, uh, building relationships, having relationships in such a way that you get so close that you'll get offended. Come on, if you've never been offended by someone, then you've never been close enough to them in order to get offended. But that's what church is. Church is so much more than just watching something. It's about worshiping together. It's about corporately coming together. It's about being there for one another, doing life with one another, making disciples and making Jesus famous. And so how can we be the church in a season when we're all stuck at home? How can we be a church when, when, when we're being told we have to stay at home, where we can't break curfew, where we're supposed to be inside? How can we rub shoulders with people around us? You know, today I, I want to preach from just two small verses in the Bible uh, written by Paul, found in Romans chapter 16. And, and I believe it's really going to help us in a way uh, that's going to show us how we can be the church. It says this in Romans 16, verse 1. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Kentria, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you. For she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Two verses. I'm going to preach our whole sermon on how we can be the church off these two verses. Why? Because in just two verses, we see through this woman, Phoebe, it's the only time she's mentioned in the whole Bible, in these two little verses, but through this small description that Paul uses to describe this lady, we can see how we can be the church even in the midst 
of a COVID lockdown season. And so I want to look at the three words that Paul uses to describe Phoebe and how we can use those words to help us in this season not go to church, but be the church. So are you ready? I want you to turn to the person next to you say, are you ready? Everyone on Kumu, I hope that you're ready. YouTube, Facebook, y'all better be ready. The first word that Paul uses is this. He uses the word sister. What does that mean? That we are a family. You know, in our church, in Favor Church, we are very deliberate about the language that we use. And one of the slogans that we have in our church is simply this, the family that you've been looking for. I didn't realize that when we just used that as kind of a throwaway line, the first time we ever used it, I didn't realize how impactful that would be. The amount of messages, the amount of, uh, of emails, the amount of people crying with me saying, you know what, this church is really the family that I've been looking for. People coming up to me and saying, I didn't realize I was looking for a family until I found this church. We're intentional about it. Why? Because church is not just an organization, but it's a family. You know, I grew up in church. Shout out to anybody that grew up church, old school. Come on, you're a church kid. Give me a hallelujah if you're a church. I grew up in church. And in church, man, back in the day, everybody was always brother this and sister so-and-so right? You'd, until the age of six years old, my mother's name is Beverly. People used to call her Bev. Right now, everyone calls her Beverly. I thought until the age of six that my mother's full name was Sister Bev. That's what I thought. I, I didn't know because why, I grew up in church and everyone go, Sister Bev, Sister Bev, Sister Bev. They used to sing a song. They used to sing a song. My mom, they go, Sister Beverly, right? Like I thought that until the age of six, that that was my full mother's name was Sister Beth, but it wasn't. It was just this title that people used in church. And, and you know, we don't really use it in our church anymore, but I do like it. Why? Because it's reinforcing that we're a family, that you're my sister, you're my brother. Come on, if you're a young man and you're trying to date a girl, and we're telling you to treat her with respect. You know, it's a great way for you to actually make sure you treat her with respect. Remember, she's your sister in Christ. She's not just a good-looking girl. And Paul gives this title to her to really show the depth of the relationship between one another in church. You know, Paul writes a few letters, and in 1 Corinthians 12, in Romans 12, and in Colossians 1, he refers to the church as a body. And it's not just signifying our roles together that, yes, there's a hand, there's a foot, there's an eye. We all need all parts of the body to operate. But what he's doing is, as he describes the church as a body, he's also describing the closeness and the proximity that we must have to one another. Jesus goes as far as saying, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 50, he says this, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. The family of God is so, so important. And you know, I found in families, in my own families and families I've been involved in is this, you don't have to be best friends with your family, but at the end of the day, blood is thicker than water. And there's something about being family. And in this season of lockdown, oh my gosh, you know, the last time something like this happened around the world, it was in 1917 uh, with the 
pandemic of the Spanish flu. It started in America, went all the way to Europe, and it killed. More people got killed in the flu than, than people got killed in the first world war, the great war. I am so glad that in the middle of this pandemic, we had the internet. They didn't have it back then. Because in the middle of being stuck at home and being isolated, you don't have to be isolated. You can still connect with family across the city, across the nation, across the world online. Just uh, a few days ago, actually, at our family night, we did a family night for Favor Church on Zoom, and it was amazing. We had 270 different windows all over the screen and about 400 people in all of those windows watching. And, and I just had the best time flicking through all the pages. I can only get 25 per page. So I'm flicking through all the pages, seeing every single person that's there. And it was so amazing to be able to connect. In fact, when the family night ended, I released everyone, prayed, say, hey, good night, have a good night. A lot of people got off. But there was a bunch of people that stayed online for a another hour just laughing and telling jokes and telling stories. In fact, I had everyone on mute. And at the very end of my service, I said, okay, now everyone can come off mute and you can actually say something. And the moment that I said that, it was, it was pandemonium in the pandemic. Everyone's like, ah, I love you, I miss you, I miss you, I miss you. And it was this beautiful moment that we had that we were still able to be family even though we were all separated by distance. And I want you to know that if you're alone right now, you don't have to be alone. You've got family in our church. God didn't design you to be alone. He worked out pretty quickly with Adam when he made Adam. And even though Adam had all the animals, and animals are great, but they can't fulfill you like another human being can, and so he made Eve. You weren't designed to be alone. And if you're sitting at home alone right now, wondering, man, I don't have any friends. I feel isolated. I feel alone. I want you to know that we're here for you. We've got links uh, within the description of what you're watching right now that you can actually get online and join an online connect group. Even if you are not in the Philippines, wherever you are in the world, you can actually join a connect group online. We meet throughout the week. We connect with each other. We're here for each other. You know, it's in this season that you see the value of connection within church. And so I want to encourage us, don't ever just lower the level of church to just attending a service or just watching me preach online, but let it be a family that you are involved in. You know, the second word that Paul uses to describe Phoebe, I love this, is that he calls her a saint. And what does a saint mean? A saint means simply this, is that she is being a Christian. And can I tell you, no matter what you've been told, there is nowhere in the Bible that ever tells us that to be called a saint, you need to have performed a miracle. In the New Testament, saints were those that had given their hearts to Jesus. We were once sinners. Now, every single person with a relationship with Christ, we are now saints. And so Paul is saying this, hey, I want you to welcome Phoebe in a way that is worthy of her actions and her behaviors because she is a saint. She's a Christian. Essentially, Paul's saying like this, treat her the way she acts. And how was she acting? She was acting like a Christian. How can we be the church in this season of lockdown? It's simply this, act like a Christian. You know, 
This week in our nation, it's been such a tense week in our nation, not just in the Philippines, but around the world. I I see world news that's going on all around the world, and, and it's been very, very tense. I'm on Facebook. There's a lot of angry people. There's people trying to oust the president. There's people standing with the president. There's people doing evil things in this time, doing good things in this time. There's tension. There's a barangay captain that got arrested for selling quarantine passes that were supposed to be free. Good. I'm glad that he got arrested. That's a horrible thing. But there's tension. There's tension right now in our nation. And a lot of people have been asking me, you know, James, how should we respond as the church, as people? How should we respond? Should we write online? Should we get involved? Should we do all this? And I've thought a lot about this, and I've prayed a lot about this. And this is the encouragement that I want to give people within our church, within our flock that are watching this. I want to be really clear. We should never, ever be silent when it comes to injustice or corruption. As Christians, we should never, ever be silent when it comes to injustice or corruption. But in this season of being the church, our nation does not need your anger. It needs your godly wisdom, and it needs your Christ-like love. But you'll say, but Jesus got angry. Well, yeah, He got angry a couple times. Matthew chapter 23, I preached on this recently in our church. The woe chapter, woe to you, gave oppressive religious leaders, called them out, called them snakes, vipers. Woe to them. He was calling them out. But even as he was calling out those people, the very people that Jesus was calling up and standing up against injustice and corruption, he knew in his mind that as he spoke against them, that he was going to go to the cross and he was going to die for them. And so with that As kind of our our starting point, I want to encourage you, if you have something to say, let it come from this point, that whatever you say against whoever you're saying it, be prepared to love them the way that Jesus loved them on the cross. And I want to encourage you with a couple of thoughts as well. When you're trying to process, should I say something? How should I say this? I want to to just throw a couple of ideas uh, by you. First of all, number one is this, is that I want to ask you the question, are you paying your legal taxes? Uh, Because if you're not paying your legal taxes, shut your mouth. No one wants to hear from you. Start following the law. Secondly is number this, before you say something, pray for wisdom from God in what to say. James chapter 1, you know what it tells us? It tells us that we can ask God for wisdom. So ask God for wisdom. Before you write something, take your time and ask God for wisdom. Trolls are the worst. I hate trolls. Come on, give me a clap in your house if you hate trolls. Trolls are horrible. And now there's paid trolls online that are being paid to deliberately tear people down. If you're faceless, if you're nameless, man, I, it just, it, it, it block. I block, I block. But it annoys me. This week already, I've written out huge long replies. Come on. I know some of you have done the same thing. Huge long replies. You don't know where you da 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 because I've had trolls come against trolls say this. Lunchtime. There's trolls against lunchtime chats with Jay. There's trolls everywhere. But every single time, you know what I've done in the moment? I've said, God, I need your wisdom. God, I need your wisdom. You know what I've done as well? 
I've actually asked other people that are wiser than me, hey, I'm thinking about saying this. What, what, what do you think I should say? And you know the best thing to do? Find someone else that doesn't believe exactly what you believe because they can challenge you and give you another side. So number two is simply this. Pray for wisdom from God before you say anything, before you write anything online. And the third thing is this, is that whatever you say, say it in love. Jesus spoke in love. That doesn't mean that he was always mink and he was always mild. He was strong. He got to the point. He said what needed to be said, but he said it in love. Make sure that in this season, I tell you, in this season, that we act with the wisdom of God and we speak with the love of Christ. Why? Because your country needs you to be a Christian more than ever before. My country needs me to be a Christian. The Philippines needs me, James, to be a Christian in this season more than any other season that we've ever experienced before. A wise man called Solomon said this in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 10. He said, if the anger of a ruler rises against you, do not leave your place, for calmness will lay great offenses to rest. That's what he says. Solomon says, hey, don't leave your place. Don't run away. Say what needs to be said, but be calm. So can I encourage you? Chill. Chill muna tayo. Just ease up. Just chill. Wisdom. Say it with love. Stand up for truth. Stand up for justice. You know, in this season of well, as being a Christian, it's not just about how you speak online or, or what we're standing up for, but as well, this season is challenging Christians on this, this little thing, and it's simply this. Am I going to spoon feed myself like a baby all the podcasts, devotional sermons online, even Pastor James online preaching? Am I going to replace reading the word with the million new online content that I have? Or am I going to go to the word of God first, let that be my foundation, and let everything else be an addition to that? Again, if you are in our church and you've ever heard me preach before, you know what I always say. This sermon that you're listening to right now, this should not be your main meal. This should be the dessert. I'm the cherry on top of the whipped cream, on top of the ice cream, on top of the cake that you've been eating after the main meal that you've been eating every single day this week. There is so much resource that is online right now on the internet. Every church has a devotion every day. Every podcast, we've done it. We've had podcasts. We, we've added things. We've got our hour power prayer. We're, we're doing all this stuff. But as a church, we've intentionally decided not to flood your feed with devotionals every day, every day. Why? Because I want you to get into the word of God for yourself, not just listen to somebody else's revelation of the word of God. Let somebody else's worship be an addition to your worship. Let somebody else's revelation or devotion be an addition to your revelation of God and your devotion. In this season of COVID, we need Christians to get into the word, to get into his presence, and to let that come out and to let it overflow. Let your devotion time and let your worship time be your main meal. So just like Phoebe was a saint, I want to encourage you, every person that's watching right now, be a saint, be a Christian. Our country needs it. You know, the last word 
that Paul uses to describe Phoebe is this beautiful word. He calls her a patron. And what does that mean for us right now? What does that mean for us being the church? It simply means this, that we got to be generous. Being a patron is being generous. She was so generous to Paul. In fact, uh, Paul writes that she wasn't just generous to Paul, that she was generous to many people around us. In this season, the church needs to be generous like we have never been generous before. We need, and when I talk about the church, I'm talking about every single person that calls themselves a believer of Jesus Christ. We need to be generous. We need to be generous in our finances. I want to encourage you, pray, ask God to lead you to people that you need to give a gift of finances to. You can give it over GCAST to them, over PayMaya. There's so many different ways that you can be generous. But pray. Ask God to put someone on your heart that you can actually be generous to. We need to be generous in giving food gifts and giving groceries. I'm so proud of some of the members of our church. Some of our staff and some of our volunteers have been uh, involved in a passabai where we've been going out and buying groceries for uh, people that don't have the ability, going out, buying uh, medicines and and different things for people that don't have the uh, ability to do that. And why? We're trying to be generous in this season because people need this generosity right now. And who should be the most generous? Can I tell you this? The church should be the most generous. If you have, give to those who have not. In the book of Acts chapter 2, how was the New Testament church started? It was started in this way where people shared with one another everything that they had. And so I want to encourage you that if you have much, pray and ask God to lead you to someone that has little so that you can be a blessing. You know, the last thing that I want to share with you about how we need to be generous as a church, and I talked about this as well uh, last week, and I want to be really clear, and it's simply this. It's I want you to be generous with the gospel. This is the time for us not to be stingy, not to be an undercover Christian, not to wonder, should I, should I not? This is the time to be generous with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because in a hopeless world, in a hopeless situation full of fear, full of anxiety, people need hope, and that hope is found in Jesus Christ alone. You know, I shared this story with our with our, our, our leaders and our core and our family night the other night. And I want to share it with all of you that are watching. We've got an incredible lady in our church that uh, has been a great member of our church. And right before the lockdown, uh, she went to her province uh, so that she could spend time with her family and, and be with her family during lockdown. She's been praying for her family for eight years. Uh, she wrote me this and told me this as a testimony. She's been praying for her family for eight years. And uh, and when she got home, she began to speak to them about, you know, praying and, and the gospel and sharing Jesus. And the night before uh, we had our online service last week, on the Saturday night, she asked her family, hey, would you be willing to sit down and watch this church service with me? And they all said, yes, there's eight of them in this family. And so they sat down. She prayed. She's like, God, please, this is the moment. I've been praying for eight years. God, I've been praying for eight years. Sat down. They began to watch the whole service together, the worship's happening, favorite news is happening. Then I get to the end of the service, which I'm about to get to right now. And I began to share about what Jesus had done. 
in people's lives and, and what Jesus did on the cross and how that affects us today that, you know, the Bible talks about how we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that that sin separates us from Jesus and a relationship with God. But because Jesus died on the cross, but he defeated the grave and he rose again, which we're going to celebrate next weekend over Easter, because he lives, we now have access to the Father. And all we have to do is come humbly before him and pray. Come humbly before him and ask him to forgive us of our sins. In that moment, each one of our family members, eight family members in all, all put their hand on their heart, and each one of them prayed that prayer of repentance to ask Jesus to come into their life. Each one. She'd been praying for eight years, for eight family members, and in one moment, because of her generosity of sharing the gospel with them, they now have their names written in the book of life, and their destinies have been changed. I want to encourage you today. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, today is the time. Now is the moment. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Today, God is calling you. It's no accident that you're watching this. Maybe someone invited you to watch this, uh, this service today. Maybe you've seen it online. Maybe you're watching this on delay days later. It's not an accident that you're watching this, hearing my voice right now. What God is doing is he is calling you to his side. And I'm pleading with you, come to know him. Come to him today. Ask him to forgive you of, of all your sins. But James, you don't know what I've done. I don't. But I know what I've done. And if God can forgive me of what I've done, God can forgive you of what you've done wherever you are right now. And maybe you're watching this and you've never, ever given your heart to Jesus. You've never asked Christ to come into your life. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and to have a relationship with him. Maybe you did this a long time ago, but you walked away. Maybe you haven't stepped foot in a church in years, and this is the first service you've ever been a part of in years. I want to give every single one of you an opportunity to respond to Jesus. Why? Because I want to do exactly what I'm preaching. I want to be generous with the gospel. Like I want to encourage every person in our church, be generous with the gospel. So if that's you right now, you want to pray a prayer, reflecting what Paul writes in Romans chapter 10 in the Bible. He says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And so if that's you right now and you want to pray that prayer, come on. Can you join with me? Can you put your hand on your heart right now and say these words with me? In fact, I want everybody watching this to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, we come to you today and I ask you to forgive my sin that has separated me from you. I confess that you died on the cross, but that you rose again for me. So please today, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior and be my best friend. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 I want to congratulate you right now that if you prayed that prayer, that's the greatest decision that you will ever make. And we want to know who you are that prayed that prayer. 
you know you can text the number that's on the screen or you can contact us or just even now in the chat whether you're in Kumu right now or or on Facebook or or on YouTube Twitter whatever it is uh, right now I, I want you to, to to right now just let us know put up your hand say hey I prayed that prayer because we want to help you and we want to come alongside you in that journey uh, but you know what for the rest of us come on I want us just to have a moment you know as as I was preaching this man I was so challenged in my own life I'm a pastor church is my life but I was challenged this week have I just been working in church or have I been the church I don't just want to attend church I want to be the church and so whatever it is maybe you're here and you're going you know what I need family I need to go deeper in family. Or maybe you hear you going, you know what? I, I haven't been acting like a saint. I need to act like a Christian. Doesn't mean that you're perfect. We all still make mistakes. But it means that you're walking towards Jesus. It means that you're asking God, give me wisdom. It means that how... Christ. And also, I want to challenge us. Let's be generous. Let's be a patron. Not just to one, but to many. Phoebe, who knew that two verses describing a woman that was going to the Roman church. Paul was just giving her credentials in two short verses. And these two short verses could give us such depth and revelation of what it means to be the church. So if that's you and your challenge, come on. I want you to lift your hands all over this place right now if you're challenged to be the church. God, I pray for every person right now with their hands raised. That, Lord, that we would know and understand the revelation of what it means to be the church. That it's not just attending a service. That it's not just listening to a podcast. But it's about living out this life of Jesus. It's about having family around us. Having accountability around us. It's about being a Christian and living life with the wisdom of the Lord and living life with the love of Jesus coming out. And it's about being generous. Being generous in finances. Being generous in good works. Being generous with the gospel. Oh God, I thank you that Jesus showed us the example of generosity by giving his life for us. And so God, we just reflect that. As the church, we reflect that right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, all over this place, all over the internet. Thank you so much for listening in. At Favor Church, we're a family, and we believe that the Christian journey should not be done alone. If something really spoke to you from the message, we would love to connect with you to talk it over. Or if you prayed the salvation prayer, we'd also love to be able to share more about the decision that you've just made. Please visit us at favor.church slash next to learn more. If you want to share this podcast with a friend, simply tap on the share button and send it through. We love you. We're praying for you. Till next time.